You're listening to the Bible in Real Life podcast with Lee Fulford, where questions about the Bible meet real life. Hello, hello, and welcome to Bible in Real Life. My name is Lee Fuller. This is the Bible in Real Life podcast, and we are continuing our series on the characters of Christmas. Um, Last week was a great episode, and this week we'll continue as we move further along in the characters of Christmas. I'm excited for it. I hope you're excited for it, because Christmas is more than just this commercialized um, commercialized holiday that we um, celebrate on December 25th. It is so much more. And today we're going to talk about it on this episode of <laughs> the Bible in Real Life podcast with your host, Lee Fuller. Thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in and listening if you have not subscribed, then uh, this is as good as time as any to go ahead and do that to make sure you do not miss an episode. So um, today we are going to continue our um, we're going to continue our characters. And I don't know if you've been following us on Facebook or on Instagram, but we've been going through these as well. So if you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram, Bible in Real Life or the Bible in Real Life on those social handles, then this is a good time for you to get plugged in so you don't miss some of the daily content that we share to help you as you navigate uh, living this life out for Christ. All right. So um, we are continuing. And, you know, as I'm thinking through this, uh, I know we've talked about Joseph. We've talked about the angels. We've talked about uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And you know what? Today, we've got to talk about the bad guy. Yes, yes, yes. In every story, and we know this, in every story, there is the bad guy. But you know what? Let me let me wait a minute. Um... Am I going to talk about the bad guy? Sure. Let's talk about King Herod. King Herod was a <laughs> uh, the antagonist of the story. And it's interesting because he is um, assigned as the king of, of um, Jerusalem at this time. But he was a, um, he was threatened right? He was always, um, he, he felt, you know how those people, you ever met people that are always have this kind of conspiracy theory, hey, everybody's out to get me, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's how he felt, right? Um, but a couple things about Herod, he was a builder. He was uh, one that, that uh, built the, the temple, so we know he was trying to expand his territory, create his influence, and kind of find his space because many considered him an illegitimate king, right? So let's look at the story of Herod, King Herod in the Bible. So 
We're introduced to the King Herod by virtue of the wise men, right? So I, I guess we got to talk about the wise men today too, and we'll kind of lump those two together. So let's talk a little bit about the wise men. We find in Matthew, I think there's stories in Matthew. Yeah, so in Matthew chapter two, um, there is a star that appeared in the east. Well, first, let's read it because... It's interesting. When I started doing this, I started to see something. So let's look at Matthew chapter two. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men came from the east saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod, the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to born, be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, so as is written by the prophet. Right. So um, <clears throat> we see that there are these wise men that heard, that saw a star celebrating the birth of Jesus. And then they go to Jerusalem. Now, it makes sense. If you're looking for the king of the Jews, it makes sense for them to head to Jerusalem, the capital city. Many times we would think that uh, the king would be obviously in the capital, right? But we see how God is shifting the category or shifting this this world kingdom as he introduces his heavenly kingdom, right? The kingdom, the king of the Jews didn't show up in Washington, D.C. <laughs> or it didn't show up in the capital. It actually showed up in this little town of Bethlehem. But the Magi followed a star, right? And, you know, when I think about them following a star, I think about how the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of the Lord, right? And we can see how God can use in any and all elements of, of creation, any and all elements of humanity <clears throat> to show his glory, right? So he uses the, a star in the sky, one that was noticeable by these wise men or astrologers or what, whatever. I've read different things about them. But um, they followed this star because God is telling his story through the constellations. God is telling his story through the stars. But hold up, let me back up because I don't want to go too far into that. Because even though the wise men followed the star to get to Jesus, in scripture, we are not encouraged to follow the signs and the stars. Let me say that again. In scripture, we're not encouraged to look to the stars and the signs um, and the skies for these signs. Um, there is a science or it's, I guess it's more of a belief or religion uh, called astrology. And astrology teaches that, hey, based on what sign you were born under, it, there are some 
uh, it plays a role into how you can, how you have to behave or your demeanor or your mentality. And, and I really think a lot of that is, is untrue, right? So for those that look at their horoscopes in the morning to try to get direction for their life and insight for where they should be. Uh, scripture teaches us that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So uh, James reminds us, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. So I want to encourage you that, yes, we see in the Christian story that the Magi or those from the far east follow the star is not encouraged for us to look for signs and different things in the star. Here's what I think happened here. I believe that those that were looking for a savior, they were looking for the king. They used what was available to them. They saw a truth and believed and started moving toward what they know, right? Uh, many times what God does is he uses the truth that we have access to or he uses the witness that's available to us and then he leads us into all truth. Does that make sense? So they see the star, they're heading toward, but they go to Jerusalem. Why? Because the king would be in Jerusalem. Now, here is what happens uh, in Jerusalem. We go from general revelation. Hey, there's this star. These are some tech, some um, theological terms. There's general revelation and there's special revelation. General revelation is the earth declaring the glory of the Lord. This is the whole world that tells about the creator. But there's special revelation, which is revealed in God's word. So what happens is they saw this star. They head to Jerusalem looking for a king and here is where we see special revelation. We see that um, Herod asked, uh, he inquired when he, wait, wait a minute. What? What? what, what? Y'all are coming to see a king. I am the king and he's already threatened. You know, I told you he was, he, um, he already felt like people were out to get him. Remember he, uh, no, he hadn't dealt with John the Baptist yet. But he, people were out to get him. He felt like maybe he was given the um, kingship or rulership over Judea um, underhandedly. So people didn't really respect his authority. Right. Um, so when he asked, um, he, he asked his his what's it said? He assembled all the chief priests and scribes and acquired it to them. Hey, where was the Christ to be born? Hey, priests, hey, scribes, hey, hey, chief priests, where, where's the king of the Jews? Where's the Messiah? Where's the Christ be born? And you know what they said? Oh, they say in Bethlehem. They said the Christ was going to be born in Bethlehem. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that the chief priests and the scribes, they knew where Christ was to be born? And they weren't there looking for him, right? This is so interesting to me. We know that in, um, what is it? In Micah 5.2, it says, um, But you, O Bethlehem, Epaphrath, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, 
From you shall come forth for me one who is the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. Right? So the prophecy is clear. Micah 5, 2 is clear. The, um, the Messiah would be coming from Bethlehem. Yet they knew the truth. The scribes knew where Christ would be, but they weren't seeking for the king of the Jews. They weren't looking for the Messiah. They weren't searching for every child that's born in Bethlehem, you know? Um, they weren't looking for the Messiah. Yet there are these that accepted the truth that they had. They saw that a star was in the sky. They accepted the truth, walked and followed the truth, and more revelation was revealed to them. Hey, I encourage you, start with the truth that you know, right? As you start with the truth that you know, God will open up and reveal more from his scriptures, and you too will find the king. Come on, some body, right? Um, you know, I, I, I meet people. Hey, hey, Lee, I don't know much about the Bible. I'm not sure where, um, I don't know this and I don't know that. And I don't know this. And I tell them, listen, start with the truth that you do know. You know that Jesus Christ is the son of God. You know that Jesus Christ is God and he loves you. We know that Jesus Christ came to earth to save the world. Start with the truth you do know, and then God will reveal more from his word. That's what these magi did. That's what these wise men did. They, hey, I saw that a star is different, and I believe that this is the starting, um, this is, uh, will be the king of the Jews, so let's follow the star. So I'm telling you, follow the truth that you know, and then you'll get fuller revelation. Come on, somebody, right? So that's what they did. And then Herod, who is who has a problem, Herod, who is already um, threatened, he's threatened by a baby. He's threatened by a baby that could potentially be um, a legitimate king. Right. Because Bethlehem was in Judah. Bethlehem was from Judah. We know that the the king of the Jews with is the line of the tribe of Judah. Right. So he was concerned that any body, anyone that would be the king of the Jews would be a threat to his kingdom. So here is what Herod decreed. What he told him, he said, hey, when you go find the child, Come back to me so that I can worship him. Come back to me so that I can worship him with you, right? So we see his heart. We see that his heart wasn't to worship him. His heart was to identify where the child was, right? And then just to kind of wrap out this story, um, we see that the angels came to uh, the, again, we see the angels again. The angels came to the wise men 
and told them not to go back and tell Herod, right? Don't go back and tell the monster. Don't go back and tell the Grinch that's trying to steal Christmas. <laughs> um, don't go back and tell Herod. And you know what Herod did? Herod killed all the babies two years old and younger. Two years old and younger. Wait a minute. Why would he kill those two years old and younger? Well, when we look at scripture, we see that the star appeared when the, when the child was born. But by the time the wise men gotten there, uh, we believe that the child was of age. He wasn't a newborn. I know, I know. I love the nativity scenes where you have Jesus in a manger, and you got the shepherds, and you got the wise men, and you got the star, and you got the angels. So when you read through scripture, you see that that timeline is not quite like it is, like we see in some of the pictures. Uh, the wise men likely got there uh, months and maybe years after Jesus was born, um, which is why Herod said, you know what, everybody two years old and younger right? I'm going to kill everyone two years old and younger. But you see what this is? You see what this is? Herod is just another, um, an, another character in the long line of good versus evil, right? When we look at scripture, we see that there's this battle back and forth between good and evil, between those that accept Christ and what Christ says as God or accepts what God says and those that will seek to snuff out what God is doing. Hey, we see this all the way in Genesis. We see Esau killing Cain. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Okay, rewind. That's horrible. You know, I know my Bible a little better than that, right? We see how Cain killed Abel, right? Good, someone pleasing to God, and evil, the Bible says, sin waits at your door. Someone that tries to snuff out the righteous seed, right? We see in Pharaoh, hey, God is coming to revive the people to rescue his people from Egypt and Pharaoh wants to kill all the babies two years old and younger. It might have been four and younger. Why? Because the, the promise of the Messiah, the uh, promise all the way from Genesis that God will send a redeemer to save the world we see evil constantly fighting against that. He did it in um, Adam's line. We see it again in Moses with Pharaoh. And now we're seeing it again with Jesus. There's this constant uh, plan of the enemy to thwart, to, to hinder God's salvation plan. But we see, listen, God is in charge. The angel tells uh, the Magi, tells the wise men not to go back to Pharaoh. The angels also tell Joseph, hey, you have to get up and go to Egypt. Now, I believe that 
the gifts, right? The gold, myrrh, frankincense. Now, I, I believe that there was more than three wise men that journeyed from the east. I think it was a full caravan, but I think there were three types of gift. There was the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh, right? So, um, but it was this gold, frankincense, and myrrh that financed Joseph's uh, trip to Egypt, right? You see how God is taking care of every little aspect, right? God is taking care of all of the details. And you know, another place where I see God is taking care of the details. So in Micah 5, 2, we see that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. Joseph didn't live in Bethlehem, right? He goes to Bethlehem to be taxed. Why? Because God is filling, fulfilling the prophecies of Jesus. We, we know in scripture that in Hosea chapter 11, verses one, that uh, when Israel was a child, I loved him and brought him out of Egypt. Um, we see that God fulfilling the Hosea 11, one, Joseph and the family went to Egypt and God called them back out of Egypt and told them to go to Nazareth right? And he doesn't miss a beat. Listen, we can trust God to handle the details, right? God can take care of the macro. Hey, we are saved and going to heaven and God can take care of the micro. Give us this day, our daily bread. I am, this podcast is good. (laughs) Says the person speaking on the microphone, right? But um, so that's kind of the story of Herod. I want to show you that the takeaway that I want to take from Herod is that even though Herod was powerful, even though he had abundant resources, even though he had a temper that would would go so far as to kill all of the babies and massacre the babies in the region, even though the king had earthly power, they are never completely in control. They are never completely in charge. We have a God that can not only bring magi or the wise men from afar, but we also have a God that controls the stars. We have a God that can send angels to give warnings. We have a God that would orchestrate the the birth happening in Bethlehem that was prophesied 500 or so years ago. So even though earthly kings have power, their power is limited. This is why we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Herod has power. Earthly kings have power. However, they do not have final authority. They do not have final say because God's plan will be carried out. And that is Herod. One of, that's the story of Herod and a little bit of the wise men. Um, you know what? Let me, let me touch a little bit on the wise men. These were wise, wealthy men that came to finance Joseph's um, 
excursion to Egypt, but they came to worship. They came to worship the king, right? And we see that as they came to worship, their worship led to giving. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know what that second <laughs> was for. They came to worship the king, and that worship turned to giving, offering gifts, right? The Bible tells us to um, that we are to worship him, uh, not spirit and truth. What's the verse I'm looking for? Um, sacrifice. This is your spiritual act of worship, right? Um, which be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your reasonable service or your reasonable act of worship. So many times worship turns into sacrifice. Worship often is displayed by giving of yourself, of your time, your treasure, and your talents. Amen. Right. So, um, so I was able to kind of lump the, the wise men and Herod together. There's the monster of Christmas, uh, as Ding Darling, Dan Darling, sorry, as Dan Darling calls him the monster of Christmas. Right. So that's Herod. I love these characters as they are seeing and playing a part as this is unfolding. There's another group that plays a part in this story, right? So now we can go back to the night of, of the Lord's birth. There is the shepherds. You know, the shepherds now seem like, hey, they were this, you know, um, valued piece of society. It's a valued occupation, but that wasn't the case in the first century. The shepherds were outsiders. You know, many times they actually lived outside the city or were outside the city tending the flock, right? It was a, a lowly position. It wasn't an esteemed position. And it's the, it was these shepherds that um, normally shepherds would be the last one to hear about a kingly announcement right? The shepherds would be the last one to hear about the political news or about what's going on in the palace. Why? Because they were out tending sheep. They, you know, it's kind of like in, in scripture, uh, Samuel, the prophet came to uh, the house and David was still out in the sheep, you know, still out in the pasture watching sheep, right? Same thing. Uh, when kings are being anointed or uh, kings are being set up and wise decisions and important decisions are made, the shepherds weren't the first to hear about it. But we see what God is doing. We see that God is showing that my way is not like your way. God is showing that I am flipping this world upside down and I am showing you what the kingdom of God is like. And in the kingdom of God, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Those that were outsiders, those that were looked down upon, 
those that may have no one paid attention. Who cares what the shepherds are doing? We see that it is them that the angels showed up to. And they said, you know, um, good tidings to all men. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We bring you good tidings to all men. So, yes, the smart, the wise, the the scientists, the rich, wealthy ones of the East, they saw the birth of Christ, but also the lowly, the shepherd, the outcast. They also were invited to Christ, to experience Christ's birth, to be informed about the coming of the Lord. See, our Savior is the Savior of the whole world for those that are up and out and those that are down and out, those that are, you know, low social class. God also is concerned about you. And many times God tells us that we are to be like the shepherd. He calls himself the good shepherd and we are his sheep. So I I love as I'm going through these characters of the Christmas story, you start to see God's plan of salvation. We see that um, God is drawing all people to himself from the Far East. He's drawing all people to himself, those that are the left out, those that are underclass, those that are the nobodies in their family, those that are the nobodies. God calls you and says, hey, uh, you too are welcome to experience and to see the salvation of the Lord. Now, before I go any further, um, we have to talk about Mary. We have to talk about the story of Mary. I know last week we spoke about the uh, Joseph. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about Mary. And for the story of Mary, we're going to have to go to Luke, right? Let's go to Luke chapter, uh, it's probably chapter one, maybe chapter two. Let's go Luke chapter one and see what, what we got here. Now, Luke chapter two. Um, there you go. Is it Luke chapter two? I think Luke chapter two is when the baby happens. All right. So Luke chapter one, let's go to verse 26. Let me pull it up here so you can see it. Luke chapter one, verses 26. It says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not fear, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The Lord uh oh, lost my place. You have found favor. Um, came to her greetings, oh favorite one, but she was greatly troubled. Did not be afraid. You have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb, 
and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Wait a minute! The angel has come and declared and given uh, the announcement to Mary. First, I want to point out a couple of things. It says that Mary was a virgin betrothed. So she was betrothed to David, I mean, to Joseph. We also see that the Lord favored her. The Lord said, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. Oh, let me, that wasn't on camera. You have found favor with God. God is about to invade humanity with his only begotten son. And he uses Mary because he favored her. Now, he sovereignly chose Mary, right? Um, He sovereignly chose Mary. Nothing, you know, there, there are some religions or some faiths that will esteem Mary so high um, before she was called or because of her calling. But we see that it was God that chose Mary and God chose to favor Mary for this task, right? Uh, be encouraged. Because God has a unique call and plan for each and every one of us. And the fact that God chooses to use us shows that we have favor, right? We can have the favor of God on our life. So the angel said to Mary, then Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin, you know? So Mary's like, um, how am I going to have a baby since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her whom was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, watch what Mary says when God tells her about the task, about the ultimate um, task that he has given her. She said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Isn't that good? When, when we, we see her go from fear, wait, whoa, 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 who's this angel? What's going on here? To how's this going to happen? To let it be according to your word. And I know many times 
we go through that similar transition. What? Oh my goodness. Ah, ah, ah. You know, you, me, me, how's this going to happen? You know what, Lord? Let it be according to your will. God handled the specifics. And, and I don't know all the specifics of all that and how a human woman was impregnated by the Holy Spirit and bore the son. Hey, you know, ask Mary when you get to heaven. But we do know that she accepted the responsibility. She accepted the task that God called her to. And God empowered her for the task. And I know some of us, there is fear. Some of us, there are questions. But we should all get to the place where we say, let it be, Lord, according to thy will. Um, so in the story of Mary, we want to know. Now, this is Mary from nowhere, from a nowhere town in Nazareth, right? What? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You know, a nobody from nowhere was favored by God. You know, sometimes we ask ourselves, who am I? Who am I that God would save someone like me? Who am I that God will fill me with his Holy Spirit? Who am I that God will give me the, give us the call to go out and reach the world? Who am I that God will say and choose you to do an amazing task for the kingdom of God? Who am I for God to use you? The fact is, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve any of it. We don't deserve to be chosen by God. We don't deserve to be used by God. We don't deserve to enjoy any of the blessings that God has given us. Yet God in his sovereign will, yet God in his sovereign design of the world chose you. And sometimes it is fearful. Sometimes there are questions. How is this going to happen? But we must always remember that our response should be like that of Mary. So let it be according to thy will. Amen. This is the woman. This is the young lady. Many think she may have been close to the teenage years. This is the young woman that God uses to care for, to nurture, and to raise his earthly son because of that posture. I don't know how. This could be a little scary, but I'm going to do it. Amen. <laughs> and, and like in my, in my, in my ear, like I heard the congregation say amen because I got to a subtle point. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, so Mary is a great example in this story of one that when faced with the fulfilling of God's prophecy, when faced with 
calling to be a part of what God was doing? She said, yes. We saw last week, Joseph said, yes. Does God have your yes? So as we're going, oh man, there's, there's, there's two more characters. You know what? <laughs> On my list, I didn't have Jesus. <laughs> um, the story of Christmas is about Jesus. So let me let me touch on it just a second. <laughs> um, this baby that Mary had was Jesus, the God man, right? The king of the Jews. Um, Jerusalem was ruled by the Romans. A lot of the known world was ruled by the Romans. And yet God sent his son who would be king of the world to this small town. God chose to come to earth to rescue earth. The light of the world had come. You know, sometimes we get caught up on some of the other things. And and I get it. I, I Christmas is one of the most joyous, happy, fun times of the year. But it's important that we do not lose the reason for the season. You know, that sounds like a, a Hallmark card or something. But we don't miss the true meaning of Christmas. We were a humanity that was fallen, a humanity that had rejected God. And yet God didn't leave us in that fallen state. He clothed his son in flesh and sent him to earth to be an example for us, but also to redeem all of humanity. Prior to this, God had been silent for about 400 years. And when the fullness of time had come, when the stage has been set, God sent his son and that son is Jesus. And this, and this time of year, all this many years later, we still celebrate the birthing of that baby boy who came to save the world. Um, so I'm encouraged. Hopefully you're encouraged this Christmas season. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the, the lights on the Christmas tree. And I know some people get sideways and they start to focus on the, the, the spectacle, you know, of Christmas, the Christmas spirit, right? Uh, Christmas is the story of God's love for us by sending his son to invade humanity and redeem all mankind to himself. Amen. Um, so I think I'm going to end it there. Let's see. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna end it there. Hopefully you've enjoyed recounting the story of Christmas. Um, I know one of the things we do on Christmas morning as a family is we go to Luke chapter two and we read the Christmas story. 
And I'm going to do that for you today, just so that now that we've seen the characters, we've looked at um, the different perspectives, we've looked at the monster of Christmas and Herod, we see how God used the angels and, and the earth to draw the wise and the lower class of society. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Canarius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Let me share this. And lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lied him in a manger because there was no space for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the story of Christmas. This is what it's all about. Let's remain focused and let's keep Christ in Christmas. If you, <laughs> I almost said if you were blessed by the word today. That's something uh, our pastor says at church. That's funny. That's funny. But thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Um, continue to follow us on social media. I've been going through different ones on social. So if you want to hear other tidbits about some of the characters of Christmas, that's a good way to follow us. And I look forward to seeing you in the new year. We have a new year coming and um, we will be doing big things coming from the Bible 
in real life podcast. So make sure you stay connected, follow us on social, and we will see you next time. This is Lee Fuller, and you've been listening to the Bible in real life. Bye-bye, everybody.